Hey, it's Andrea and Inga. We're recording this on July 1st, and it's been a super exciting Formula One 2021 season. Yeah. Um, so the season started at the end of March earlier this year. Um, the first couple of races uh, were honestly pretty predictable. They were still super exciting to watch. I mean, Andrea and I are both Lewis fans, so it was a great start. So Lewis, Max, and Valtteri were all on the podium in the first four races. But in Monaco, that's when things started getting interesting. Um, That one was Max, Carlos Sainz, and Norris. Um, And then, yeah, then Baku in Azerbaijan was was, uh, a really interesting one as well. So we'll be talking about all the races today. There's been eight so far. Um, but we thought the themes from the races this year, uh, at least as applied to product management, centered around iterating and learning in real time and um, really optimizing from race to race and, and getting better. And, and we know, right, as, as product managers and leaders, software development is really an iterative process. And as product teams, we just want to get better with each sprint and each version of our product. So applying learnings from various sources like testing, analytics, and our retrospectives are really critical in making both the team and product better. Yeah. So um, the first thing that we want to talk about is real-world pivoting um, and just some of the really interesting things that we saw, like whether it was pivoting within a race, um, doing something unexpected that your competitors um, weren't prepared for. Uh, so so what were, what's our first example, Andrea? I mean, for me, the, the biggest um, uh, real-world pivoting uh, was really um, the French Grand Prix and observing that because it seemed like everybody got their tire strategy wrong in the, during the race already that Sunday. And everybody was surprised as well at how powerful the undercut was um, when you're coming out of the pit stop. And so what was really interesting is all of the drivers and all of the teams trying to react um, and, and respond to those um the, the environment, the circumstances, how the tires were performing. It's almost like you're finding things out in production and you're just trying to react as fast as you can because it is production um, and whatever you tested, it was just not working out. So whatever they found out during um, the free practices as well as um, qualifying it just was not, um, well, was not what was happening in uh, the actual race. What about you, Inga? Yeah. And, and for the audience, I think we can explain what undercut is. Um, Cause I think it really demonstrated prominently in, in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's basically when, um, you know, all the teams sort of expect to do one stop during the race. Um, but then somebody, um, and in this case, like either Red Bull or Mercedes um, does a second pit stop at the near end of the race um, and this is obviously risky uh, because, like, it, you know, a, a pit stop is like around 25 seconds. And so 
you have to climb your way back. Once you get out of the pit stop, you have to climb your way back to first, if that's where you were. Um, but you're obviously on fresher tires than everybody else. Um, and so because you do do it at the tail end of the race, your competitors don't have a lot of time to react. Um, so it's essentially like if you can undercut, it'll work and it's very hard to, to come back from that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, what about, what about other examples though of real world pivoting so far that you've seen Inga? Um, maybe not yeah, well, so uh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if, if you've listened to our previous episodes, you know, we're a little biased towards Lewis Hamilton, a little biased against Red Bull and, and Max Verstappen. I think it's because, um, of the, the style of, driver in the style of like PM that we prefer. Um, and, and we think Lewis is very, you know, measured and humble and um, calm when it comes to like this iteration, right. He's very humble with like, here's like, if he didn't win, he's like immediately like either this was my fault or like, you know, time to do better next time. Um, I think what was, was tragic with this undercut is like, um, Lewis pulled the undercut first in a previous race and then he won with it. But in the later races, I think the French Grand Prix Max used this strategy against him. He was the first one to do the undercut and was able to win that way. Um, So I think that was super, super interesting. It's like using your competitor strategy against them when they don't expect it. Yeah, that's very, very true. And even sort of the the surprise winners, because you're right, the first four races, it was really all about Lewis, Valtteri, and and Max sort of like just like just moving around the podium, with the exception of Lando Norris. He yeah. is the surprise podium um, in the second race. And so how I think about that is just again, same thing, the the circumstances um of being able to to um, recognize that you have the opportunity to get to a podium to get a podium, and so McLaren just actually just went for it. So um, I think being able to react with um, with grace and speed, especially in the world of product, just like Formula One, uh, very very much um, parallel. So the way that I think about it is sort of. Uh, things that are in your control and things that are not in your control, but being able to react to both of them, which I think Inga, you were saying Checo is a great example of that. Yeah. And that's why Checo is one of my favorite drivers. I think he really thrives in chaos. He's really consistent that way. Like Lewis Hamilton is a very consistent driver, which is why, you know, he, he rarely makes mistakes and ends up winning a lot of races. But I think Checo in particular, it's when other people mess up that he's like winning those races. And so like, if it's, you know, if it's raining, that throws a lot of chaos um, for the drivers. Obviously the, the racetrack gets a lot more dangerous, um, but he's usually the one winning those races. And then in Baku, that's exactly what happened is, um, near the end of the race, Max crashed, and then Lewis uh, uh, went off course um, and couldn't finish, and uh, Checo ended up winning first. Um, and, you know, that that's one of those things where it's like, as a PM, um, there will be chaotic times, but 
um, are you able to be, you know, the, the one that keeps your head cool and is able to execute um, when, when other people are, are sort of stuck? Another great example of that, Inga, was uh, Lewis, right, in the Syrian Grand Prix, where he had to really think about um, conserving his tires. Yeah, and and that's something, um, patience, I think, is a virtue in, in those cases where um, you have to know when you can overtake you, you should be patient when, when to keep your position, um, when to be fearless and go for it and knowing when best to strike. Um, and I think that's, that's something that we can all learn as PMs as well is like, sometimes you have to drop back and conserve your car. Sometimes you have to invest in tech debt, tech infra, you have to slow yeah. down to speed up. That's um, right. And, and know when to make those calls as a PM. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. And that's a that's a great uh, parallel with tech debt, right? Sometimes you really just have to invest in it so that you are building something that will scale in the end. Well, what about outside of um, real world pivoting, right? Like I think the, the great thing about product teams and uh, software development and being a PM is learning from your failures and sort of applying it in the next iteration or the next go around. So how do you come back and learn from failure? So if I think about, for example, Baku, everyone on that podium was was a surprise winner for me because they've been dropped by their teams, right? You you can you can think about sort of like personal failure and then being able to still harness and get back and actually win and get on a podium. Yeah. Yeah. So in Baku, we had the most unexpected winners, right? It was Checo, Sebastian Vettel and Pierre Gasly. Um, and, and we, Andrea and I were sharing a meme uh, with each other that like all three of them had been dropped by their teams in prior years. Um, and so it was so great to see all of them on the podium. And, and it, again, it just goes to show like, you know, when there is chaos, are you still able to, um, get to the finish line. Yeah, exactly. And so I think coming back and learning from those failures really critical. And similarly, there was something with Lewis also in the Baku race. If we think about uh, Inga, like you mentioned earlier, how great he is about reflecting. And so for us thinking about where could we be better? How can we tighten up our processes? Lewis is so great at that. And so when he locked up, which was interesting because, you know, at first I thought, was it the car? Was it this? Was it that? And you find out, yeah. oh, okay, he accidentally pressed the, the Mercedes brake magic button, <laughs> uh, which we should probably talk about a little bit. Um, I, I was telling Ingo, it surprised me because if you think about the the this this the steering control it very much looks like this very complicated piece of equipment uh in the front and in the back um very organically is where the the brake magic button is located so it's very easy to be able to, to to probably press it and so if i think about user experience and uh ux design probably not the best place to put that and then on top of that when you press it maybe there needs to be a a confirmation or secondary action that says, Hey, listen, do you really, do you really want to do this? Um, but in any case, so it was um, human error 
and I think Inga, there was um, some commentary from the Mercedes technology director reflecting on that as well, right? Yeah, yeah, and I I love the the Mercedes team in general because I think everybody is very humble about like here's how we could improve, here's where we went wrong. Um, and, and the Mercedes technology director, Mike Elliott said that, you know, Lewis makes so few mistakes that that's what makes him such a good driver. So it's our duty. So the, the tech team's duty to try and give him a car where it's more difficult for him to make mistakes. And I think that is so parallel to product development and, and UX design where, you know, sometimes you want to introduce friction in a workflow or in some like user action, uh, because, like you want to make sure that this is what they want to do. So I think one of the best examples is MailChimp. Um, mm. When you try to delete a campaign, they make you type in all caps, delete. Um, and they actually, <laughs> they actually, I think they make you type in the campaign name as well. So you're not accidentally deleting the wrong thing because you can't undo it. Um, so th that's definitely something we, we think about um, within Spotify too. And um no, that's great. Like yeah. reversible versus irreversible actions, right? And what is really um, an action that will will have very, very um, um, significant impact. And so something like the placement of the brake magic button. Yeah, yeah which I caused think. him to, to lock up, you know? And, yes. and I, think, I think that was also another interesting thing because, you know, Lewis has been winning so many races, but he had lost... Monaco before that so I think he wanted this especially bad right like and and in this race it was like um, there was the safety card there was one lap left in the race and so he was like I want to get you know a head start um, to to place first in this so I think there's something there too about like desperation and and when you're when you're really wanting something like you you might make more mistakes um, yeah, that's where you get you make rash decisions, right? Yeah. But I think, again, well, it's obvious that we love Mercedes, uh, <laughs> but I think there is something to be said about humility in your losses um, and no excuses, so that you can focus on the learning. And so, in this last race, the Syrian Grand Prix, it was definitely apparent. Um, Lewis again first to admit. What, where he can learn, um, also just being very humble about giving it their all, uh, but just, you know, not having the pace in that race. And similarly, Toto as the team principal, and if we think about it, maybe the principal PM, um, taking ownership of that, being humble and saying, hey, listen, we just didn't have any weapons in our armory, and also saying that they just didn't have the pace. And so you can tell that there's probably a lot of, um, conversations that will will probably be very similar to a retrospective that they can apply to this coming Sunday's race in the same track as well. So yeah. how will they change their approach? Yeah, um, I, I love sort of uh, two races on the same track, but different tires. Um, and they're also back-to-back -back weekends. So, so you can really see... Um, what teams have changed from week to week. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's what, what we were saying about like a seasoned PM versus a more junior PM. Um, I think this was in the Baku race um, when both Max and Lewis um, didn't end up finishing. Um, and it was interesting because Max crashed and not to his 
fault at all. It was his, his tires went out. And so there was this whole, like, you know, is it, was it the tires issue for this race um, that caused the crash? And so Max had every right to be frustrated, but I thought it was funny that, that like when he got out of his car, he like looked around his car and like kicked the tires uh, versus when Lewis locked up and didn't finish, obviously the, the same feeling as Max, um, but he just was so measured about it. Um, you know, obviously looked dejected. I, I felt for him, um, but he was like, you know, it was, it was my fault. Um, we'll do better next time. And so he's, he's definitely one of those people to like, be the first to admit if he made a mistake, reflect, and then dust off for the next race. Yeah. Yep. And hopefully as, as um, you know, Max has more years under his belt, just like a PM, a junior PM going to, um, you know, mid-level and to senior level and the, the sort of, um, the portfolio of products you end up owning, the types of challenges, managing stakeholders, um, yeah. leading by influence, all of this stuff that we had to learn as we were coming up in our career, I would imagine that we'll see that same sort of growth from somebody like Max or even other uh, drivers who are still early in their careers, like Lando Norris or yeah, even like our favorite Charles Leclerc from Ferrari. Yeah. So I do think it'll be so interesting to watch as we see races um, in the future or um, um, seasons in the future, how they continue to grow. And so it's yeah. kind of like seeing your junior PMs grow. I know it's so, it's so fun to, to see all these drivers grow up and, um, and conquer, you know, their, their failures, like, you know, being dropped by a team a previous yeah. year. That's, I mean, Pierre Gasly is such a great example of that, right? Just sort of dusting off talk about dusting off being dropped mid-season and going back to alpha tori and yet say not saying i'm going to dwell on this instead just sort of harnessing that that um the feelings i'm sure he's had and then continuing on and we've seen some great things from him since yeah. then yeah he's been doing really well this season <laughs> So our, yeah. our third theme um, is around everyone playing their part. Um, every person on the team, um, no matter how small your seeming contribution is, it, it really contributes to, to the final thing, whether uh, you're on an F1 team or a product team. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. And again, the French Grand Prix... Um, as well as the Austrian Grand Prix, very, very top of mind. But in the French Grand Prix, understanding that everybody has to play a part where, you know, there was miscal miscalculated strategy on Mercedes, um, the Mercedes team, and both Valtteri and Lewis um, had previously said that, hey, listen, it's going to be a two-stopper. That is what, that's what Valtteri said. And then Lewis also mentioning, hey, listen, I told you this morning, James, the engineer, um, admits and says, hey, uh, this, that this one is on us. So one, I mean, again, seeing that willingness to take, to play their part and also take the, uh, the responsibility or ownership if something does go wrong. And so that was great to see. But again, super important, hugely important why, um, everyone within a formula one team or everyone within a product team 
has to do their part so that the team ensures success or the product is ensured success when it ships. Yeah. But I think the flip side of that is Checo, um, which is great to see. Um, Similarly, he was um, such a team player. And I remember hearing on the radio, he goes, hey, let's get them together. And Max says, thank you for that and goes ahead and passes him. What do you, what did you think about that, Inga? Yeah, I think um, Checo plays the number two so gracefully. Um, he's, you know, he he's consistent. He's earnest. He doesn't feel, um, you know, slighted. Uh, and, and so, and in, in part is like, you know, th- this is kind of a new mix. Um, and so we can't, we can't talk Valtteri Bottas too much because it's been like Lewis and him <laughs> for so long. So I, I imagine being the number two after several years kind of grates on you. But um, yeah, I think Treco plays number two quite gracefully. Um, and he's he's great there for, again, with Baku, where, you know, when, when Max and Lewis both crashed, um, he was able to take number one. Um, he was also able to, you know, help max when it was like two red bulls in one so they essentially like had it locked in um and kept mercedes out um so i think he's been a a really great team player and and definitely something that um we can learn from as pms you know obviously i think in in bigger projects there are multiple pms Mm -hmm. on things um and there is usually a lead PM. Um, and I think as PMs, we tend to love to, you know, take ownership and, and be the, the leader. Uh, but, but it's always interesting to see when, when there's multiple PMs involved in something. Yes. And each of those PMs have to play a role and seeing, um, you know, the, the, the principal PM taking the lead and then also having the, either the senior PMs who are, uh, doing the support um, within the project could very well be just also as seasoned, if not more seasoned, but knowing that they play that secondary um, support role, even as a senior PM, um, that's, that, that just speaks to one being such a team player and two being probably a seasoned PM uh, as well. Yeah. I, and I think Checo does that well. Cause he, he's like, it, it always seems to me that he's playing his own game like mm-hmm. he's like, am I doing better than I did last race, the previous races? And like, what can I do to improve for myself? He's less focused on like, oh, I'm second. And that means I'm, you know, less than. I don't get the sense that, that he has that mindset at all. Yeah. Um, I think another great example where everybody has to play their part is pit stops, Inga. What do you think? Yeah, I love, um, I love watching pit stops. Um, I think it's because, you know, it, it's sort of like the saying that it takes a village and in pit stops, it's very much the case. There are so many people involved um, down to like, I love that each of the tires have, they're covered in blankets that have labels. That's literally like, this is left rear tire, like medium. Um, and so there's one person that takes off the left rear tire. There's someone that puts on the new one. Um, and together there's like, I don't know, 10, 15 people involved in a pit stop, but then it ends up being 2.5 seconds, which I mean, if you think about it, you're literally changing all of the tires on a car. Yes. Uh, in <laughs> yes. 2.5 seconds. Um, and you think it doesn't make that big of a difference, but we saw in Austria, um, 
the the latest race, June 25th or June 27th, that Checo lost the podium by 0.5 yeah. seconds. 0.5 yeah. seconds to, to Valtteri. Um, and he actually had a long pit stop just before that finish. So that's honestly what, what probably caused him to, to lose it and caused Red Bull not to have two, two podiums that race. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's really these split seconds that make a big difference. Yeah, no, that's think, very true. Yeah, and I think that just goes back to like, you know, if you're the one person that's in charge of taking off the left rear tire, like it might sound like you, you don't have a huge role, but, but you absolutely do. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's true. And there, there is, there could be significant impact when your part is not, when, when you don't play your part um, uh, to the best of your capabilities, right? So I do think um, sometimes we forget that we're, you know, if you think about like a product team where there's, you know, not just the PM and the engineers, there's QA, there's design, there's analytics, um, and so on and so forth, everybody has to play a part. Um, and sometimes it's very easy if you're not in the glitz and glamour, like uh, driver's seat, if you will, that um, it's, it's very easy to see uh, or very easy not to see the impact that you have. Yeah. And, and I think about this as like, you know, some, some of maybe like the newer engineers, the more junior engineers, you know, if they're working on part of a feature, um, I think it's still so important because um, they engineers ultimately will make these like micro decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important that everybody on the product team understands the the product vision, why you're building what you're building or like what you're trying to learn from this A-B test. Because ultimately, I don't think the PM can specify every single no. micro decision, every single, um, you know, edge case uh and so some people need to make calls and and sometimes those those calls end up being the thing that you know caused the bug or um made you not learn the thing that you wanted to learn in the a b test yeah Uh, so definitely everyone has their their part to play yeah no that's a really good point um and i do think similarly you know, while, for example, a PM would not tell the engineer how to build something, a driver wouldn't t- tell um, one of the pit crew how to change a tire, right? And so yeah. you have to rely on that person's expertise. And that is why they're playing that part. That is why they're in that role, um, because they are, they, they have the skills to execute that portion of the team's tasks. Yeah. And, and that's why, um, I mean, we've, we've said this on previous episodes, but like the team principal role um, on the F1 team is very similar to product management in that, you know, you're not the expert engineer, like you couldn't build a car yourself. Um, you probably couldn't race as fast as Lewis Hamilton. Toto certainly can't. <laughs> Um, no. sidebar, there's a YouTube video where they actually go racing. Yes. Yes. I saw. Um, <laughs> and it was so entertaining because it's just clear that Toto's like quite nervous driving this car. And like, I would, I would a hundred percent be as well. Um, and then, you know, of course, like Lewis is, is talking shit with him and, and it's just so, it's so funny, but it's like, that's the sort of humility that you have as a PM is like, ultimately you need your team to, to get it done. Um, but I think we, we can wrap it up with my favorite quote from Toto. It's like, um, you know, someone asked him, 
would you rather have a good engineer? Or would you rather? And he's like, honestly, you, you need both. Because if you have a good driver, then you have a good enough car to win races. But if you don't have a good driver, you can't win championships. Um, because is a good car with a bad driver doesn't, doesn't get you mm-hmm, consistent mm-hmm. wins. So you really need both. You need both. No, that's true. And again, essence of a product team. So yeah, that's a great point, Inga. Well, that's a wrap for episode three of Product Lessons from the F1 Grid. We're Andrea and Inga, your co-hosts, and we are casual yet passionate fans of Formula One. And we're also passionate about product, and that's why we started this podcast on uh, what we can learn about product from Formula One racing. If you listen to this episode, we'd love to know what you thought. Our Twitter handle is at F1 product. Um, and we hope you tune in into our next episode. Thanks so much for listening.